record as well, which is okay. So I'm recording from now, so all of that was fucking pointless. Anywho, Nia has requested to record and allow that. And I shall get rid of the notes. Okay, so we're both recording. I think I have my background noise set to as much cancellation as possible. Uh, I'm going to do another clap. Hello and welcome to Trying Times, a podcast hosted by two comedians who talk about a sport they love that doesn't always love them back. I'm Nehemiah. And I'm Jack Dolan. And today we have decided to bring a little preview of the greatest tournament in the, I think in all international rugby. I think the Six Nations is the best one of all. Yeah, and also the oldest. Yeah. I think it's just, there's something that, like, the World Cup was incredible, obviously. I mean, for an Irish fan, it ends quite early. But um, <laughs> I do think it's, uh, there's something about the Six Nations I just love because of the, there's so much jeopardy and it's yeah. just, every year it's just so fun because, like, if you if if you are in Dublin or you're in any of the cities where it's hosted, it's just, you get a, you get a, like a takeover of the city for one day from whatever traveling fans are there that season. And, you know, they're usually good fun. I have to say they're usually like everyone's it's one of the like tournaments. Everyone is looking to have an absolutely great time regardless of the result. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. It's a, it's a, it's a time of coming together, you know, to, to uh, show our common humanity and, you know, uh, a common love for, <laughs> uh, for one common thing. Yeah, that's the, 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 the power of sport, you know. It's... The power of sport is the common thing we're all getting together to. I, yeah. I mean, had you said Guinness, you had me, but. Uh... <laughs> yeah, also the power of love as well. So, you know. Um... The power of love. <laughs> what the fuck? Um, yeah, so like, do you, so you used to live in Edinburgh, right? Uh, I did, yeah. Yeah, for four years, yeah. Did you ever get to any of the games when you were over there? Yeah, um, actually, um, my first ever Six Nation game was actually in Edinburgh. Um, well, the one that I, the, my first ever game live was uh, where I went to see uh, Scotland playing Italy in the uh, 2015 tournament. Oh, very good. Oh, it how was, did, uh, game yeah, go? it was very uh, eventful in a, in a way. Like, I remember, yeah, because uh, that, was the, that was the only win that Italy got uh, that year. And it, yeah, yeah, oh, they Italy won, won. Yeah, like away, yeah, and they haven't since. So uh, you know, so I got to witness uh, Italy last oh, yeah. victory up until twenty twenty two. We all remember that. That's what I love about the Six Nations is those big moments. Is that like you say Italy twenty twenty two, and in my head I hear that um, Northern Irish commentator screaming, uh, "Capuzzo, <laughs> they might go all the way here," and then Padovani. The Romans are on a rampage. It's just absolutely stunning. It's so I I just love it as a tournament. I think it's 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 utterly beautiful. You know. Yeah, yeah. No, I think yeah because I remember twenty fifteen. Yeah, so uh, because I think I think Italy was uh, when the Scotland was leading and then Italy came back. Um, I think they uh, there was at one point uh, Italy missed a penalty kick, but uh, one of the wingers managed to regather and then score a try from there, like in. Uh, just uh, just by the by the post, 
And uh, they also scored like a, a last minute penalty try at the end as well. And, oh my God. Yeah. Yeah. It was also, it was raining as well. So, and around like the 70, 77 minute, uh, I could see like a few like Scottish fans leaving the stadium early you know, because they were, Oh no. Yeah. Was like, why? Why? Um, yeah. It was, uh, it was still a fun William game. William Wallace didn't die for this. <laughs> Fucking hell, man. <laughs> So that's cool. You've been to so you've uh, have you been to any of the Six Nations games since you moved to Dublin? No, I haven't had a chance actually because well, for example, uh, so the first year I, I moved, so I moved here in 2019. So my first tournament tournament would, would have been uh, in 2020, and you know what happened ah. in, in 2020. Um, yeah. Also, 2021, it was uh, behind closed door. Uh, behind closed door. Um, 2022. I didn't get to see any of the games simply because, um, mm. well, first of all, because I was busy gigging on a lot of the weekends and also like just the ticket prices can, can be quite discouraging. I like how that was it's just too busy, just too busy uh, gigging up and down the country, kicking ass around the place. Also, they're too expensive. I like that you kind of, you start with a brag and then a harsh reality of uh, <laughs> of what the Six Nations, yeah. I Yeah, um, I do get you. I, I felt that a bit, like getting Six Nations tickets has been increasingly more challenging in the last couple of years. Yeah. So like I uh, you basically you need an in with somebody who mm. knows the person who's doing the ticketing for the club that like gets because they they seem to do a lot of allocation of tickets to clubs. They do, yeah. And a lot of those a lot of those clubs then in a in I know in the Irish context a lot of those clubs are kind of they use those tickets and they give uh, they they give a portion of them to um to the uh, sponsors as a kind of like hey thanks so much for sponsoring us why 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 don't we like treat you to going to this lovely six nations game yeah and yeah. then the rest of us are like scrapping for seats cuz i remember i think it was 2022 i spent 90 euro to 110 euro i can't remember what after the fees to go see ireland scotland and it was one of the most diabolical games I've ever seen. It was, Which year just, was, it that? was awful. 2022. Oh, it was the yeah. one where oh, yeah, yeah. I don't, I don't know if you remember it when um, Hogg had a chance to score a try. If he just gave the, he didn't give the pass and Hugo Keenan tackled him into touch. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah. That was, uh, that was painful. Um, yeah. 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 I just, there was, I think it was the first year after COVID. So there was this massive price inflation and yeah. it just felt, um, it was a bit of a, it was, it wasn't my favorite Six Nations game I've been to, but I have to say, like, I do think across those weekends, like, it is the best crack. Like, I, I just love, I love Six Nations weekends and I mm. kind of have to, it's kind of, it, it's, it's a, it's always a challenge when, um, Valentine's Day falls on a Saturday or a Sunday in a, <laughs> on a Six Nations year. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember in 2022, I was going to go, I had no plans and I had, um, I was with my girlfriend, obviously. And a friend of mine who lived in Paris said he got me a ticket and to just get a flight to Paris, but mm. the game kicked off on Valentine's day. So I think Valentine's day was that Saturday and, or maybe it was the Sunday. I can't remember, but, um, I had to look my girlfriend in the eye and go, Paris is lovely this time of year. And she went, yeah, it really is. It really is. And I was like, I will see you Monday. And, uh, <laughs> She 
she wasn't best pleased. I, she was she's like, no, you have to go and hang out with your friends. You have to. You have to. Yeah, yeah. Why didn't you get me a ticket as well? But uh, I think that's always the way, isn't it? It's always so. the way. And who was playing uh, in that one? Uh, that was Ireland versus France. Oh, um, yeah, yeah. That was a good game. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it was a really great game. So highlights of that game, as I remember them, was Mac Hansen caught a ball. Oh, yeah, uh, yeah. He caught a ball uh, from a kickoff, and yeah. I was so annoying that Matthew Bassero, uh, the old French captain, moved away from me. Um, <laughs> what is this? <laughs> Who is this large man? Why is he talking so much? Why is he screaming? It's not that funny. <laughs> the tickets we had were particularly, uh, my friend was very generous, and I ended up in a box with loads of really like like old French professionals, like right on the 22. All right. And like it's the it's where a lot of the kind of hospitality seats are. So there was a lot of French celebrities around me. Mm. And then there was my big Irish head in an Ireland Jersey, just screaming at the top of my lungs because I decided if I'm going to be there, I'm going to be an away day fan. And I had to turn around and go, I'm the only one here. And they would look at me with like, they looked yeah. at me like you'd look at a like, like a, like a zoo animal going, Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't especially, know what he's uh... doing. I've seen those like uh, you know when they pan to the shots of like uh, of the who's who in the uh, in the stadium you know and uh, I love yeah. it, those games in Paris where it's like uh, like politicians it's like full of like uh, politicians uh, people you know big rugby people and all of that and you know it's Paris as well so they're all wearing like uh, really flamboyant scarves looking very serious and they imagine they're looking at it they're watching the game it's just like no react no emotion at all. And then you start screaming like you start turning your head. Okay. I <laughs> know. Oh, to be fair, they were really like they were really up for it that night. That was a good game for all of the uh for all of um like they were really like I think it was it was one of the first games post COVID as well. So like everyone was super excited. Oh yeah. And like the crowd was just electric. So, why don't we have a look at this year's Six Nations? We have a lot to discuss, really, and in a short time to do it. So, my first question, I think, is, do you think that this Six Nations is going to... like This is the first Six Nations, I think, since 20, 2010, 2011, with no Stuart Hogg, no Johnny Sexton, uh, yeah. I think oh, no Owen Farrell. Yeah. And we also have the new loss of no, no Antoine Dupont. Do we think that's going to have a big impact on um mm. on the game? Do we think it's going to be on on the tournament? Do are are we going to really miss these guys, or is it going to give other players room to step up? I mean, uh, I mean, we just have to look at the individuals, uh, team, and also the the players that that they lost. Like, uh, so first of all, in in the case of France, um. I was. I think apparently there was a there was a survey where they were around like uh, fifty six to fifty nine percent of French fans said that um, that the loss of Anton Dubon won't have a, a big impact on the team's chances uh, in, uh, in in the tournament, which shows you that they actually there's a great belief in on in the in the depth that they have. Like uh, believe particularly what the Gautier have created since he took over. So they don't think it's going to have a big impact that Dupont's not there? Not really. I think because, uh, I think because especially in the last years or so, he took on a lot of responsibilities. He was captain. He was also, um, 
you know, uh, scrum half, and you know, like the, the role of scrum half is really important in in French rugby. You know, they're like the little general, and they yeah. not only they do yeah. most of the goal kickings, but also they did direct uh, all the major plays instead of the uh, instead of the fly, fly halves. So, and then he had to take on the role of captain, to, uh, talking to like speaking to the referees, all the coordinating uh, moves, and and all of that. So I think uh, the the I feel that like in, at least in the French setup, the, the roles are a bit more spread out. So be there be greater yeah allocation. I think they will miss his uh, sort of the, the X factor that Dupont brings. You know all those all those fancy support line that he runs. Uh, you know where yeah because yeah. he's. I think he'll retire as the greatest ever player. Yeah. I one hundred percent. I think he's a little bit. Um, I heard Brian O'Driscoll talking about how he almost has that Leo Messi factor where he needs to win a World Cup to go down as the greatest ever. Yeah. But I don't think. I don't think there's a player in history, maybe Dan Carter and maybe Richie McCaw, who have had the game-breaking legacy of like these guys can turn a game on their head and they do it at the top level for, I think he started in what, 2016? He's yeah. been... Yeah, around, I think it's 2016, 2017, around that time, yeah. Yeah, he's been to two World Cups. He's been immense at both, and like the first one in a very sorry French team, and then the second one in a well, we all know how France should have yeah, rejuvenated, should have, would have, could have. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I think they they wouldn't, so they wouldn't moan to bemoan to us. Also because he'd probably be back next year anyway, because he's only he's only like a he's only taking sabbatical yeah. for for the Olympics, and then he'll be back for yeah. in Porto and uh, looking fresh for twenty twenty five. Um, whereas like, I think the, yeah. the biggest loss will be a sexton for Ireland. Yeah, I'm I actually like uh that's one of the things I've been really thinking about is this is the first time since I th- yeah, the first time since 2010 that he's not been in the squad. And I think that's maybe I've got my years wrong because I he definitely gets his Ireland start, but maybe he gets his start in the September yeah. in the, the November games. Without Ireland without Sexton have like that's always been the 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 key question for Ireland mm. is can they do it without you yeah, know it's like cereal with milk without uh, milk you know it's just you just can't <laughs> fathom it's the possibility can't fathom it and then someone's offering you water instead and you're like that's just insane <laughs> but uh I, yeah I think that's I I do agree with you I think Sexton's the biggest loss individually but uh I do think that's it's Sexton seems like he, like he's just He's been the biggest player in Irish rugby for yeah. ten years longer. Oh yeah, it's been like it's uh, been here, it's been there forever. What do you make of Owen Farrell leaving? Not be uh, he took himself out of selection because of the negative press he was receiving and the kind of general just vitriol and abuse he was mm-hmm. getting. Do you think um do you think that he's going to be a massive loss to England? Um I wouldn't say so. Like I mean um I think he he's pretty good as as a leader, but I think England has enough people to co- co- cover that uh, role, a leadership role like you know, because you know, that's why you have like, people like Alice Gensh and so like George Ford is is in the squad yeah. and you know, he was immense uh, during the World Cup. He really was incredible. Like, I still don't like that's that game against that basket case of an Argentina team <laughs> where he just kicked everything. Oh, I still don't understand how that man, game was, even yeah, happened. So frustrating. It's, it's so long. They've got cover there, definitely, with Ford 
and uh, Smith. Yeah. And if they're really stuck, uh, Slade can play mm. there. But I, I don't think they want Slade to play there. And then finally, the last guy who is one of the stalwarts who's gone. Oh, there's two. Sorry, there's two players. that One we forgot to mention entirely is Dan Bigger is not going to be there this year. And Wales, and what does that oh, mean yeah, for yeah. Wales? Um, so Dan Bigger gone as well, which is, yeah. I think, what do you make of that? I guess, um, yeah, I don't know. Like he's, he's, he's a bit of a uh, a weird one because he was never. He, sometimes he, if he turns up, he really turns up. Sometimes when he, when he doesn't, he just shut down and uh, he just started uh, verbally abusing referees for for no reason whatsoever. And so I think he was. He's a very for me. It's like a fifty fifty play. It doesn't have the same impact as somebody like you know Alan Wynn Jones. Yeah, you know, I think Lee Cap Lee Cap. I just I I don't know. I guess this is the thing. It's it's what comes with time. But I just I've always found that. A Wales team without Dan Bigger doesn't frighten me. I think Dan Bigger had, he was, yeah, like, yeah, he had a bit of a temper on him, but I think a, a lot of good tens are a bit narky, you know, like they kind of have to be if you're going to own the show. Mm. So Wales do have replacements there, but they're quite young because is, is Anscombe still injured? Is he? Anscombe, yeah, yeah. I think he's still injured. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, and then we move on to the final player who is missing from this tournament, uh, Stuart Hogg. Yeah, he, uh, I think, he, yeah, he's sort of left. He's, I think he's quite similar to uh, Finn Russell in a way. He's sort of like a, a maverick. Um, like he, I think he, he sort of, when he, when he turns up, he, like, he really turns, he, tur- he turns up. But, on, but at the same time, um, I think he, his decision making ability can, can be questionable. At times, but I think you know he'll probably, he'll probably go down. I think he really peaked around 2013, but that was the, um, but that was that was pretty much it. Um, like yeah, he will have the odd. He, I think he's like a reflection of the Scottish team in a way. Like they will have the the odd good performances. Yeah, I think very inconsistent. Um, with Hog in particular, I do think that Hog was kind of past it a little bit. I think. Um, I think he's actually, in terms of these big names who are gone, I think Hogg has the potential to have the least amount of impact on the actual squad. Um, I think he was, I, I think Hogg's, I, Hogg yeah. was just from that, like 2013 to 2018, 19, I do think he was ridiculously good. I think he was very unlucky to not get more caps for the Lions. Yeah. And I think after 2019, that World Cup, he was starting to just feel the weight of all of the rugby, you know? And and that's the thing. I I think that um, yeah. Blair Kinghorn, who came in to fifteen, now, I think he offers great balance to the Scottish oh, attack because yeah, he's yeah. a great running threat, but he's also a great distributor because he also plays ten. And I think his time with Toulouse will uh, yeah. will only do him better. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It only improve him. Yeah, no, I think yeah, Blake Horn is uh, he's doing a lot of time on his hands as well. Uh, still have a lot of his time. Time is still on his uh, on his side, so I think he would be probably yeah probably get better with age. I imagine age like fine wine. So okay, let's move into some questions about the. What team are you most excited to watch this year? What's your team to watch? 
Ooh, um, yeah, I, uh, well, I mean, uh, I love France, so I'm uh, quite ex- quite excited how they uh, how they cope with uh, with the absence of uh, Dupont, but uh, Aldred, uh, Gregory Aldred as the captain will be very exciting mm, as well. And he's a, because, uh, I think I do, I do think, I do think he has a lot to offer, and he's a bit underrated. I think, yeah, he is. I, he's also he's re- I I actually see what you mean by he's underrated. Like he's so good, and there's like we are almost we're almost sleeping on how good he actually is. And I think the fact that yeah. he already captains La Rochelle is quite like I think that's quite a good thing because I think he'll have a lot of leadership experience. Yeah. He is hard as nails, and I think a lot of the guys respect him because of his uh, his yeah. output on the field, which I think is good. Yeah, and, that, and definitely, particularly also the like you look at the squad as well. Like Galtier has already integrated a lot of the uh, he's integrating a lot of the players from the last under twenty. Uh, World Cup, the one that where France basically spanked Ireland at fifty points. So yeah, I those, remember that game. So a few of those guys already, a few of those guys already made into the the training yeah. squad. So it'll be very exciting to to see if they get any game time uh, during the uh, during the, the tournament. Yeah, I think that's going to be really interesting. I think France are an absolutely stunning team to watch, and I think what'll be interesting to see is how well they go without Dupont. You're right. I think um, what they're probably going to end up doing, I imagine that back line is going to look very similar to, say, a back line of Bordeaux because yeah, Bordeaux with a few Toulouse players scattered through it and then... Pretty much, yeah. Uh, the thir- it's Thomas Ramos will play fullback. Ramos. You could play Ramos anywhere and he'd have a good game. So I think... So Ramos yeah. will drop into that. They'll have the two wingers from Bordeaux. Yeah. Uh, Scrum half and out. Uh, scrum half, whose name I can't remember. And um, yeah, me too. Uh, but uh, yeah, the the guy who looks Galibert. like Jason Statham. Yeah. Oh, Luku is that his name? Yeah, uh, Massim Luku. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, his, so Luku uh, and Jalabert as nine and ten, and then Dante in the center, and then you could put whoever you like at thirteen. It could be Fiku. Well, Fiku could be whoever. Well, uh, yeah. Yeah, I think that team kind of a a back line with a Bordeaux spine will, I think, make up for some of the flair that's gone. Mm. From yeah. the from the Dupont shaped hole because yeah those guys just want to play they don't care yeah. who's in front of you yeah I mean they uh, they're very slippery yeah. you know they're a bunch of uh, they're like eels you know it's a backline full of e- eels in a way yeah. it's a very light but very very quick but obviously at the same time uh, also the the, the uh, France uh, the strength of France also lie in the heavy pack uh, as well so yeah. that's a, it'll be. Yeah, it'll be fascinating to see how they go because with the game, the first game in particular, I think whoever wins that first game wins the tournament yeah. in my mind. Um, it'll be interesting to see how they go because with it being south of France, I imagine the conditions will yeah. be a little better and it will suit a running ball in a way that sometimes those dreary, there there could be dreary days yeah. in Paris. But also, like, because um, Marseille is located in the south of France, so you're gonna get like more of the uh, hardcore rugby fan base uh, in that part of uh, in part part of the country, and it'll be raucous. Yeah, Marseille is notoriously known as a very difficult pl- place to play uh, re- football, rugby in general. Yeah, their fans seem to be intense in a way that I can only imagine. I think, on my end, again, I. Uh, my local bias of being an Irish fan, I'm very excited to see how Ireland go post-Sexton. I think this is the biggest 
this is the biggest change in the Irish setup, I think, probably since O'Driscoll came first into the team. Like yeah. when O'Driscoll when O'Driscoll left, he was obviously he was this, you know, a god amongst men or whatever, and he had this reputation for days, but he wasn't as instrumental to the team success as Johnny Sexton is. So yeah. this new Irish team, how will they go? How will they do? Jack yeah. Crowley, a young guy, very decent, like very, very good footballer, knows his yeah. way around, has has a few big games under his belt now, which is nice. He's got um you know, minutes against South Africa in the World yeah. Cup. He's got minutes against Scotland in the World Cup. He's got a URC title. So him at the him at the reins and then this and then I think the other guy who's coming in who's gonna make a big impact is Joe McCarthy. He just looks Oh yeah. He just looks incredible. Mm. Um so I think that's gonna be the interesting thing. Those those are like Ireland would be for that reason Ireland would be my team to watch. But um I do think it's it it is that question, I think. It's the it's how can France go without DuPont and how yeah. can Ireland do without Sexton? So I think those are the two I think those as teams to watch make a lot of sense. Yeah. Uh, Nia, let me ask you this question: Who do you think uh, will uh, underperform the most uh, of all the teams? So, like, let me just let me just clarify that for you: somebody who's going to drop below their expectations. So, if Italy get hammered in all six games but put in a good show, I don't think they'll underperform. No, they don't. Yeah, uh, I there's there's the risk. Yeah, the, I think the it's between it's between it's it's between Scotland and Wales. Yeah, Scotland and Wales is an interesting pick because I have down Wales. Yeah. I have a feeling. Yeah, I have a feeling that Wales are going to get the wooden spoon this year. Really, I think so. Uh, I think they are the weakest team in the tournament. In terms of their depth, I think um, Italy should be looking at them as a scalp net. I really do think so. But Italy are coming off the back of just a really, really awful World Cup run where they just right. made no account of themselves. Yeah. And apparently the reason for that was they had a massive falling out with between the, yeah. the players and the coaching staff had a falling out and it led, it kind of bled onto the pitch. So it'll be interesting to see what Italian team comes out because I think Our, yeah. last year's Six Nations, Italy were so close in a couple of games. They were, yeah. It's, uh, it's very, yeah. yeah. It was pretty uh, pretty marginal. Mm. Yeah, definitely. I think, I think Wales have lost more players than they've been able to replace with, you know, Luis Rizamet, Dan Bigger, um, a few other high profile cases, like Lee Halfpenny's gone. I think yeah. I uh Liam Williams is gone. There's a lot of players who are who would have been, you know, names that were always expected to start. And now there doesn't seem to be any I don't know, there doesn't seem to have it's a Gatlin team, so they'll always have steel, but will they be able to keep it up, you know?
definitely. Yeah. No, I think in terms of like, I don't think Italy will be targeting uh Wales. Uh, knowing how difficult, well, uh, know how how hard uh, how hard it is to beat uh, uh Wales in, in general, like you said, because uh, especially any team coached by Gatlin will have a bit of steel to them. They they have Scotland at home, and I think that's be that'll be one game they'll be targeting because they haven't had a home win in uh, also uh, pretty much uh, since uh, 20, uh, 20, uh, I think that was against France, wasn't it? Yeah, that was against France. Yeah, they would have beat. I think twenty thirteen they beat Wales. Uh, would have beat Ireland and France. Uh, oh, twenty twelve they beat Ireland. I think because it was the last year of Declan Kidney. Yeah, which was that game was really out with a whimper, not a bang. I'll tell you that. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I think I think um I think that's the game. You you so you think they should aim more for the home home game against Scotland rather than the away one against Wales? Yeah, because you know, like with Wales, you you never know as well. Because sometimes, like because they see, I don't know, like Italy never never really thrives on being the favorite on being the favorite. No, uh, and they kind of mess it up like the last year when they, uh, yeah, when they played against uh, when they came plays against Wales at home because that was all. The, that was also the one game they that you have to they they also targeted, yeah. Um, um, whereas now, like because they also came close to beating uh, Scotland uh, last year, so I think uh, this year they they want to have like a home victory at least in front of a home fan. And... I think that would yeah. I think you're right. I think that's important because um, like they do they show up to those games and like they show up without much hope of victory. A lot of the times they do need to reward the fans. I think. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, and also because uh, there's been so much talks of like uh, progress, but they need really they really need to show it, you know, especially in front of home support as well. Yeah, I I still think that I th- I think Wales is an easier game than Scotland at the minute. I think Scotland yeah. are definitely still patchy, but they are they just have too much talent in a way that I don't think Wales do. Yeah, I think there's three or four players in Scotland who would, um, no holds bar walk into. Almost any other team in the tournament. Yeah. Like, I don't think anyone would say no to Finn Russell this season, you know? You never know. Like, also, it's a long tournament as well. So, uh, you know, injuries uh, happens. We've, we've looked at underperformance. Who do you think will overperform? Who do you think will exceed their kind of expectations set kind of on how they're playing? Ooh. Yeah, I think um, Scotland is in that bracket. Do you think? Uh, I would say so because they uh, they still have the, they, they're pretty much the same team from uh, from the World Cup and also the last Six Nations. Um, and it's just that they've changed captains and it won't be. And they still have a lot of like, leaders in within the uh, uh, winning the team. Um, obviously, Clay Kinghorns is in. Uh, Finn Russell's. Um, so um, yeah, I imagine like they probably get like at least three wins. Yeah, I think they have to be aiming for that. So I don't think like, I think they should be aiming to comfortably finish third place. And I imagine they'll have written down that they're going to beat Ireland because they always write down that they're going to beat Ireland and yeah. they never beat Ireland. In an eye, in a weird way, we kind of saw it in the warm-up games. Scotland are a team that's very well suited to play against France. I think Finn Russell's kind of off the cuffness mm. does seem to bamboozle some of their bigger forwards. 
it'll be interesting to see how that game goes because I think that was the one last year that kind of got away from them a little bit. Yeah. But they did play particularly, they played pretty well. And considering they both had red cards and stuff, it didn't, you know, it wasn't as clear a victory for France as the scoreline suggested. Yeah. I actually, yeah, my team for that, I think at the minute of who will overperform is, um, I think England are going to overperform. Oh, yeah, yeah. I think they're a good candidate for that as well. I think, I think so too, because I think that World Cup run has kind of given everyone a belief that they are better than they are. Because I know they finished mm. third. But again, if you look at the teams they played in that run, they played, I don't know, they, the basket case Argentina team, a Japan team that was out of sorts. Yeah. Um, and then when they got out of their group, they played, yeah, Fiji team who was unlucky to lose. Then they came up against the eventual winners in South Africa, yeah. putting on their best performance in five years. And then got the basket case of Argentina again. So I think I think we should consider them as slightly better than they were last year in terms of expectations. But I do think that that kind of low-risk rugby has a tendency to do very well in a in a tournament like the Six Nations. Yeah. Yeah, I so, think also because the, they recently added um, Felix Jones uh, to the coaching star ticket um, from uh, Felix Jones who won the World Cup with South Africa. So I'd yeah, imagine then, he will... I imagine he will play like a big role in like in terms of uh, um, uh, designing some sort of attacking plays for for England. So given that that edge in attack, in addition yeah. to that sort of that hard noseness in the in the forwards, they've also brought back some players who were kind of in um, international wilderness. I think Henry Slade has just been playing so well of late. Yeah, yeah. I think he's. Um, I mean, look, had he got the vaccine when they asked him to, he'd probably he'd probably have made the World Cup team. Um, instead of having yeah. instead of having to do that weird shirk and getting it quietly later, but uh, he's just been incredible this year. Um, must be all the five G making him go faster, but uh, <laughs> but he um, I just think he looks he looks excellent this year. Yeah, I think uh, Lawrence looks very good this year. Um, oh, Lawrence, yeah. I think Ben Earl was probably the surprise player of the World Cup. Yeah, so annoying. Yeah. I think they need a bit of that. Like I think the yeah. English teams have always been annoying. Like unfortunately, it's, it's one of, when when England are playing their best in rugby, the team is like is just the most detested team in world sport. Like they're just they kind of need a little bit of a return to that identity of this hard-nosedness and this uh aggression which i think they could do like i don't know i don't think they'll finish higher than third but i think if they got to third they'd be way overperforming yeah so Nia, who do you think is going to be the player of the tournament mm. well that's a good one um imagine um jolly bear had the potential to be player of the jolly bear jolly french yeah. 10 French ten, yeah. yeah, yeah. If they if they actually get the title, also the Grand Slam at the same time, yeah, I think Jalibert could be in the running for a player of the tournament because he's, uh, no, in a way because so for, for so many years he's been playing uh, so uh, second fiddle to Entomac, uh, uh, and I think yeah. has, I think this is will be his breakout tournament because twenty twenty one was a bit of a, a riot. He was like a bit mm. on and off at times, but uh, I think this is the one where he. 
especially the one where he could he could really thrive, especially because he now he's he, he gets to uh, be paired with uh, Luku, uh, his uh, Bordeaux halfback partner. So they could form like a really effective uh, halfback partnership. Uh, for yeah. Yeah, I think this is. I think you're right. This is the season where he has to go forward and take it because, like Roman Intimac, who he's replacing, who is still out with his ACL injury, um, or knee injury. Otherwise, he's he's owned the jersey for as long as as they've both been playing, and they're both. I think a lot of people really, really like how Jalabert plays because he's such a running threat. No, oh, I think yeah. it'll be. I think it'll be interesting to see if he's able to manage a game, in a way that Intimac is, because I think that was his only shortcoming. In terms of he has a box load of tricks, he's fast as all hell. Yeah, but in certain games, his kind of jue jue off the cuffness kind of can can hurt them a little bit. I have two picks for this, and I think it it pretty much depends on who wins Friday night. Uh, so my pick number one is uh, Kalen Doris from my oh. Irish bias. I think if Ireland are to win the tournament, he is going to be front and center of it. Mm. He was fantastic last Six Nations. I'd love to see him hit those heights again. I'd like to see him. I think he should try and surpass them. I think he should be looking to win player, uh, like international player of the year or world player of the year uh, in the next few seasons. Like he is that good. He should be looking to get that as his title. And if I don't think it's him, I think it's going to be uh, Aldrit. I think if France win, it's because he is Mr. Reliable in terms of his ability to keep going after he's been hit, like his post-contact yeah. meters are second to none. Mm. And when France, like that French team thrive on front football, yeah, I think he is literally the best player in the world at getting the ball in a position where he should only go backwards and he goes forwards. Yeah. Like it's, he's incredible. So it's kind of a bizarre tournament. It's all decided on the first day in my mind. Yeah, no, it's a, it's a weird, uh, it, it is a strange one, but yeah, I, I do agree with you on uh, on Aldrit. Uh, so I think, yeah, like I said, uh, like what we discussed before, that he's a bit underrated. And, you know, I think yeah. because uh, him being cap being captain would give him a bit of an edge as well. Like he will be able to. I think he's more someone who would be. Well, first of all, he's fluent. He's bilingual, so he's uh, he speaks fluent English, so he can he will be able to communicate. Yeah, better super with helpful. Him. Yeah, and also like. Uh, I think he's someone who can lead by example as well as with his like monster carrying, you know, so massive ta- dominant tackles. Yeah. He's just such a beast and he doesn't look, I don't know what it is. I think it's maybe because he stands next to uh, Charles Olivon, who is, I think six foot seven or eight or something ridiculous. Yeah. I'm yeah. Look that up. Yeah. Olivon's uh, uh, an athlete as well as uh, he's an all yeah. athlete. I think there's some people in the world who, no matter who you are, you look small standing next to them. It's oh, six foot six. Which is just that kind of tall makes everyone feel quite small. Yeah. But yeah, so I think Aldrich I think Aldrich is almost like he's he's uh under yeah, right. He's he's almost under the radar with how good he is. Yeah. Let me ask you this, Nia, what game are you most excited for? Oh, um, yeah, I think um, France and Ireland is definitely the the in Marseille is definitely the one that people are looking mm-hmm. at. I'm looking forward to, but also, um, I'm at, uh, I'm also quite leaning towards uh, Italy uh, v Scotland in uh, in Rome. Really, yeah, that's the kind of the the upset game that you've predicted. 
Yeah, yeah, pretty much. I think because uh, like Italy, they they have a new coach, they have a new uh, coaching ticket, uh, mm. and a, a, a wholesale regime change. But the thing is that they, um, the for example, what well, the Italian team have been performing very well in the URC, but also yeah, in in uh, in Euro in European uh, tournaments, uh, are played, um, and also the you have this whole new generation of players who are who are very hugely talented, um, and they're gonna carry. These, uh, this, uh, the Italian t- team for the next 10 years or so. Um, they just need yeah. that, beside from the, the, the vintage 2022 game against Wales, they need one big performance to prove that, you know. I think so, yeah. I think they're, they're on I think track right. to something big, yeah. Yeah, I think this, the with, with the youngsters they have on the team, because the 20s are getting good results all over the place. Like the yeah. Italian 20s, these are guys who are coming up without the fear that their um, predecessors would have had, you know? Yeah. It would have been... Like the, like the days of old where the Italians were looking like, oh, if we keep it under forty, it's a good day. I think those days are behind us. Like I know there's mm-hmm. a lot, there's a long way to go, but I do think they're behind us. Yeah, and also um, like with the the new coach, uh, Casada, why well, he's known because he was uh he he was at the uh, Stade Francais, and Stade Francais was known to be hard to play against. So I think he'll bring that edge, uh, to the uh, that um, yeah the, the hard nosedness to to the Italian team, which they lacked in previous uh, tournaments. Also, just like. Fine tuning some of the decision makings as well. Yeah, that'll be great because I think it's been too long of uh, there or thereabout for them. Um, yeah, I think the games I'm most excited for are Ireland, France, which obviously I seem to think is going to decide the tournament. Um, so that one I'm going to be watching with huge interest with my incredible Irish bias. So if Ireland lose, it was definitely the ref's fault. Um, <laughs> Yeah, and outside of that, I think the game I'm most, I'm second most excited for is, um, the Calcutta Cup, England versus Scotland. Oh yeah, yeah I think be good as well. I think that's the game that I am. Um, I think that's the game that over the last four or five years has been the most exciting. Yeah. Um, I think there's yeah. just been Scotland play above themselves to give the old enemy a good kicking, you know. Yeah, and. They've never won it four times in a row or something. So this this is the option. Mm. This is the year to do it, I think. Yeah. And what's the game you're least excited for? I don't know. I just think, uh, probably England, Italy. Um, England, Italy. Yeah, it's always a dull one. It's a dull one. Um, I think, yeah, it's a bit one-sided. Um, like England is the only team Italy has, has never beaten, beaten in a while. If they're good at putting a good performance, like the, if they can put in like, score at least like three tries against... Uh, or keep it under twenty, then it'll be a yeah. success for the at least it'll be a good start, positive start for the new uh, coaching ticket. Yeah, I think as well as that, I think Italy England is a game that is so forward dominated. There's so many mall tries. There's so many whatever. It's just it's 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 turgid as a game often because the 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 English know the way to beat the Italians is to bore the shit out of everyone at home, and it's worked for them. You know. Uh, yeah. I think the game I'm least excited for is um and it's, it's this is the thing it's it's usually such a cracker of a game and time's gone by but I think England Wales the last two of them have yeah. been really poor quality a lot of the rugby a lot of the talk behind those games have been about behind the scenes about the coaches about whatever and I'd like to see that go back to the ways of like the 2015 World Cup where it was on a knife edge and incredible yeah um but I have a feeling that has the potential to be one of the 
you know, less interesting games in the tournament. Hmm. Yeah, I, I will say, so. yeah, I think yes, the thing has been marred by controversies in, uh, of late as well. Um, yeah, I think that's why I mean, like, I think this is one performance that this new, this the new young uh, Welsh team need to uh, need to get things right. Yeah, uh, if, if they want if they if they want to be uh, if they want to remain in contention for the title. Um, yeah, and I think also because like uh, England is not the the same England as years before, so I think they could put in uh, put in something. Uh, uh, decent um but like i said uh, i think most uh, sort of the uh, the behind the scenes is um, are pretty much sorted obviously uh welsh rugby is still a shit show but I'm <laughs> yeah that's yeah couldn't put it better um yeah i think so like last like the last few years has been it's just the the most talked about point has been not the rugby let's wrap up with this Give me your predictions of how the final table is going to look, and we can come back to this at the end of the tournament. So I want your from sixth place through the first of how do you think they're going to position? Oh, um, so imagine six, uh, Italy, Italy, um, Italy, um, fifth, Wales, Wales, um, fourth, England, third, mm-hmm. Scotland, second, Ireland, first, France. Okay, so we have it a little bit different. So, but again, my I I'll put my cards in the table here. I've got bias out the wazoo, so um, I've gone for sixth place Wales. I think Wales are going to get the wooden spoon this year. Yeah, I've gone for fifth place Italy. I think yeah. Italy will beat Wales, and I think they'll have a tough time against other teams. Yeah, I think that uh, in fourth place, I have down England because I hope that Scotland can maintain their momentum, but I think it's too close to tell almost. But I'm going for fourth England. Again, bias. Yeah. Uh, third place, I'm going Scotland. Uh, second place and first place, I look, you could put them in either order. I think I, I'm actually, I'm just so, I'm, I don't know why I think this and I'll definitely be proven wrong in a week time, in a week's time or something. But I think Dupont not being in the French team is going to have a bigger impact than we think. I mean, there's no like if 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 I was a bet like there's a reason I'm not a betting man is because I have so much my blinkers are so much that I can't see anything wrong with the Irish team because the idea that like we're going to be flaw fine and flawless yeah. after our I mean, as long as the the Leinster players get picked, so you know. As long as the Lancer players get picked, I'm okay. Um, yeah, so I'm going to go first for Ireland. I don't think that's the smart money. I think probably my money is on France to win it this year. But considering I'm not betting and I'm doing this for a podcast, I'm going full patriotism. I'm going Ireland to win it. Do you think there'll be a Grand Slam? Um, I would say so, yeah. I think, uh, no, I think for France are really aiming to get uh, to get some silverware. Um so they yeah. they will they will they'll, they'll probably try to start the the, the the tournament strong and fast, like a very quick mm-hmm. start, like score at least they'll probably score the first try, in the first like ten try to score at least try to score the first try in, in the first ten minutes, and that yeah, says it'll... a lot about the about their chances for the rest of the tournament. Yeah, because it's going to be really interesting how they go because I think that both of these teams who are the best placed position to win it, Ireland and France, are both the teams that were the most hurt by the World Cup result. Yeah. Um the quarterfinal exits where both were 
marginal favorites coming into it. And I think both kind of reckoned with history of there are teams that know how to win and they're the teams that have been there the most. Yeah. And New Zealand and South Africa found a way around it. It'll be interesting to see how much the metal of those two teams, like where, what's Galtier's coaching philosophy going to be in terms of like, how do they get past it? And what's Farrell's going to be? Because I think it's one of the, we both agree Ireland and France for the top two. We disagree because of my ridiculous bias um, as to where they place. But um, look, I just love French yeah. flair. You know, we all want to see some. We all want French flair. Like we all <laughs> love. <laughs> yeah. I mean, look, I mean, you're an honorary monster man. You're saying this. <laughs> but, look, um, if, if, if the one monster man in the team, I would have gone for Ireland. That's... <laughs> okay. I get you. I get you. Okay. So why don't we end that there? Uh, thanks so much for listening. Please follow us on whatever however you found us uh so we are trying times rugby on all socials uh you can see what uh nia and i are up to during the weeks if you follow those as well uh please give this a like and a review and you know uh be nice to us we're delicate yeah and don't forget never stop trying never stop trying